just now, pray that you will anoint John as he speaks to us this morning, as he brings your word, your word to us. We ask that you will bless him as he speaks to us now. For Jesus' sake, amen. Amen. All right, thank you, Jim. Now, which do you prefer, me down here or up there? Doesn't matter, John. Doesn't matter. I'll switch this on then. I think there's a switch there somewhere. Am I on? Is that right? Good. That's good. It's so good to be with you again. Uh, Lockdown has um, made lots of churches that used to invite me, you know, they're sort of like everybody, we've all done the same, pulled back a bit and and, uh, and it's been very strange not ministering quite so much here and there and in our own church where our son is the pastor. Uh, it's his 50th birthday today, by the way. <laughs> so, so I've got to rush back afterwards because there's a bit of a party going on at the church, I think. And then there's, they're coming around for lunch to our house. But, um, uh, but it, when I got the invitation to come, I thought, oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. We're, we're all sort of trying to get back to normal, aren't we? <laughs> trying anyway. Um, I have, God has put something on my heart. It's a bit unusual. And uh, in, in a way, but I want to read a few verses from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, to start with, and verses 13 to 16. Just a few verses there. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. Words that Jesus spoke. You are the salt of the earth. I like that. We're the salt of the earth. That's good. But if the salt loses its flavour, how shall it be seasoned? It's then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. Wow. I'm the salt of the earth and I'm the light of the world. And so are you. Amazing. Jesus said it. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a a hill cannot be hid. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. (coughs) And it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Wonderful words. Wonderful words. And then I want to turn to the words of Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. Just verse, just a few verses, uh, verses 9 and 10. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. He says, But you, you are a chosen generation. Wow! That's us again. Salt of the earth, light of the world, chosen generation. I like that. You are a royal priesthood. Wow. Talk about King Charles. King John. (laughs) A royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. These are high praise, aren't they? they? He's saying a lot about us in all of these verses. You are, he says, his own special people. Wow. I'm finding this a bit much to get my head around. 
all this that it says that I am and you are his own special people and then he gives the reason that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light that's why that's why who once were not a people but now are the people of God that's an amazing thing we are the people of God who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy these are some of the most encouraging words for me that I have read in the Bible over the, over the years that I have been seeking to follow Jesus there have been times when I have felt a bit flat <laughs> felt a bit of a failure well a lot of a failure felt a big failure failed times when sin has had its way perhaps in some ways and then I've read such verses as these and they've restored my restored my hope they've restored my soul they've reminded me of what God thinks about me I've often said to people I've said that oh, if I was God I'd give up on me waste, total waste of space that fellow Mosey yeah, yeah, but God doesn't give up on us does he he says all these wonderful things that we have just said it's very clear beyond any doubt though that we are born again in order to be witnesses he says that he might be glorified you're the light of the world let your light shine he says yeah? we're here for a purpose and we're here to be a witness to bring glory to our heavenly father now we're not all the same and some of us are good at one sort of witnessing and some of us are good at another now I'm, I've, I think the biggest crowd I've preached to is just over 2,000 that was in uh, where was that? that was in India and frequently to a thousand and more in Pakistan and in the Philippines uh, and in yes you've got contacts haven't you in Myanmar Myanmar, lovely people, they deserve better than they're getting. Lovely country. I've lectured in the Bible, two Bible schools there and preached up and down the country. They're lovely people. They're the, they're the most contented people I've ever met with their rotten lot that they've got. But they seem, seem to be so content and happy. But we're here to be witnesses. God says you are and I'm going to use you you know I, I, ask, I have to ask myself the question then how can I be how can I be a better witness how can I be better at bringing glory to my heavenly father how can I do it better you know I think that Peter was just the right man for God to use as an illustration not creation not even Jesus in a way but a brand new family of people who had sinful natures but had been changed by the power of God Peter the Christ denier the weak changeable earthen vessel 
just the right one for God to use as an example oh if I could do it with Peter surely he can do it with me yeah? I sometimes say you know I'm not really a techie What's oh they haven't got it on me it's in the car mobile phones oh dear I'm alright I'm into my computer that's fine do all sorts of clever things on the computer but my son's given us a mobile an iPhone when he got upgraded too clever for its own good all the different things that he does it goes beep now what's that which one do I press now is it the cloud or is it the envelope or is it what, what is it or, oh dear me what's it WhatsApp I wonder if it, oh he says dad I said I didn't know about that special leaders meeting for the church dad didn't you look on WhatsApp oh, oh. I feel like chucking it in the sea sometimes yeah. Yeah. oh dear me yeah terrible and then I say to myself hold on a minute there was a church I pastored in the Midlands many many years ago and there was a family there the, the mother was, was English and the father was Indian and this one girl they were nice kids a big family this one kid she wasn't very bright she was barely literate Susan her name was she was a nice girl loved Jesus and uh, and I just I found myself saying one day if Susan can do it I can do it <laughs> because she just <laughs> you know if Susan could if Peter could do it if God could use Peter to glorify himself I'm sure he could use me that encourages me a little bit poor Susan I'll apologise to her when I get to heaven <laughs> but she was a good lad she loves Jesus that's a great thing as a great witness but we're all different now I've preached to as I've said quite big crowds at times I'm not that hot on one on one I struggle I have to force myself to do it it's not easy I know some people who are terrific at it they're terrific they get in there and they get first thing they're talking to them talking to them about their soul you know and uh, now I'm trying to sort of work around it and get around somehow we're all different folks but we're here to glorify God we're here to use our lives to be a blessing for him and the secret of this successful witnessing I believe in a verse there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 I'll read it to you just this one verse but we have this treasure in urban vessels that the excellency might be of God and not of us this treasure that God has breathed into us this light that he has shone into our lives it's treasure but we are very much earthen vessels that the excellency that he may get all the glory not you not me that big crowd I've preached to so what those people that have been led to Christ through your personal witness well yes so what Lord we want you to have all the glory earthen vessels I want to think briefly about three earthen vessels in the Bible uh, and use them as illustrations and uh, 
maybe along the way if you'll forgive me I'd like to use a bit of personal testimony not something I do very often but that's why I say it might be a little bit different this morning because God has used me in different ways and in quite spectacular ways in some in some way and first one I want to think of uh, back in Judges chapter 7 Gideon's 300 men with their earthen vessels they went out to fight uh, the enemy and they had to have an earthen vessel with a fire torch inside it and when they were told to it they had to break the vessel and wave the torch and shout the sword of the Lord and of Gideon and the enemy fled (laughs) they fled fire treasure in earthen vessels fire fervor and effervescence some people are like that aren't they fiery oh yeah the word of God in Jeremiah 5 says I will make my words in your mouth like fire God can, God can do that he can give us the words the right words that will, that will burn through and do the job just the right words but his word says Jeremiah in chapter 20 his word was in my heart like a burning fire bursting to get out if you've been there you know you've got to go and say something to somebody and it's been like a burning fire you know once it was the very first time I went to Pakistan and uh, I think I was in 1985 I think it was 85 84 84 and God has spoken to me in a conference I was sitting there while they were dealing with the accountants actually was the accountant and uh, I was sitting there and I just heard a voice Pakistan, 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 Pakistan wouldn't go away so I went to the man who was the who was the director for missions for the movement uh, for Pakistan sorry, for, for Asia they had an Asia director, a Europe director, an Africa director, and one for the Americas. And I went to him and I said, Ray, he lived, he lived in Wigan, not far from here really. And I said, Ray, um, what's the deal about Pakistan? And he told me he'd been praying for someone to go. They wanted someone to go and speak at a youth camp, the very first youth camp that the churches there were going to have. And uh, he said, I've been praying for six weeks for someone. He took the letter out of his pocket. They've asked me to send someone. Will you go? Obviously it's you. So I went. (laughs) Um, uh, And uh, we got there. And uh, it was being held in what was then a Christian school in the foothills. And uh, there were a hundred kids, exactly a hundred kids there from various churches. And I, that night, he says, oh, by the way, he says, you, you, you're ready to speak to the pastors in the morning, aren't you? Half past six. <laughs> the letter that he'd written hadn't arrived before I left home. It arrived just after, after I got, I'd gone. And um, I said, oh, okay. So I spent all night seeking God. And I didn't like what God was telling me. And I'd never been to Pakistan and I'd never met these pastors before. I'd preached in this one who was the leader of it all. I preached in his church in Karachi. 
the week before for a week and we'd baptised 47 people at the end of the week but uh, that was a church of 25 people <laughs> and now it's 1,050 with 30 branch churches around the city <laughs> they've gone mad gone mad and uh, uh, I didn't like what I was hearing from the Lord anyway I got there half past 6 in the morning and these eight or ten pastors were sitting on their beds in the dormitory and I got this thing burning burning, these words burning and he said uh, are you well John are you going to um, share what the Lord I said no oh he said oh what? why not, I said well you won't like it <laughs> what, I've, what God's given me so he said, well, he talked, he talked me into it in the end. <laughs> I plucked up courage and I, I went to, I said, I've got something personal to say first before we turn to the Bible. And I went from bed to bed and I got to the third bed. And I said words of encouragement to each one. There were ten of them. And uh, I got to the third bed. And I didn't laugh. I said, I nearly ran away. And I said, God's very displeased with you. How would you ought to have said that to someone you'd never met before in a country like that? I said, you're eating the people's rice. Now, I didn't know that that is a, has a particular meaning. It meant he was stealing their possessions. You're eating the people's rice and not feeding them. And I described his church building. He had a, a nice building, actually. Grey stone building unlike most of them who were hiring halls here and there and I described apparently afterwards they told me it was perfect description of his church spot on and after he broke down and cried and he, he said it was you're absolutely right absolutely right you know and I said you've got to start looking after your people and uh, this thing was burning it was, that was the most fiery thing I think I ever felt inside me of the word that God had given me. I mean, what would you have done? <laughs> well, I felt like running a mile. I said, well, it's not fair. And then the last time I was in Pakistan was just four, five years ago. I was preaching in this church in Karachi with over a thousand people in the meeting. And there was a lad down the bottom there playing the tablets like these little drums. And he was a man, I suppose, mid, mid-twenties, early to mid-twenties. And I'd so something, I felt so un- unhappy about this. I got this fire again. And I went to him after the meeting. And I said to him, dear brother, I said, prepare your soul, you're going to die this week. God's unhappy with you. You're going to die this week. And he laughed at me. And he died. I went to his funeral. Talked to the pastor afterwards and told him what I'd said to him. And he said, well, he said, he had been slandering the elders in the church, passing rumours around about them, sexual things, which were not true. And we were not quite sure what to do about it. Fire burning. Fire I don't know, I hope God's not going to use you like that. Because it, I said, Lord, it's not fair. <laughs> he, says, he has told me to t- say some good things from time to time. 
<laughs> I trust I'm sharing some good things with you but you know we have this treasure we're, we're very earthen vessels and the thing about Gideon's earthen vessels they had to be broken before they were any good before the fire could work if God is speaking to you to pass a word of encouragement to somebody be careful about words of reproof go and talk to someone else first an elder or somebody in the church uh, before you start reproving people but these two that I've given you were rather extraordinary I've never talked about them publicly before but I just felt this morning that was I had to share that with you fire that shines and it draws people fire does doesn't it it warms people usually and then there was the widow with the cruise of oil you remember that she she uh, she didn't know what to do she was skint <laughs> and, and uh, they were pour out pour out and she poured out and there was more in that cruise than there should have been <laughs> it just kept going poured it out poured it out and uh, we used to sing a chorus about it didn't we bring your vessels not a few was it <laughs> um, and, and oil speaks of the anointing of God doesn't it it's, oil is a picture of anointing uh, and 1 John chapter 2 27 says the anointing that you have received from him abides it lives in you and the same anointing teaches you all things there's those things that we read at the beginning you are you are you are special people anointed people in a royal priesthood and all the rest of it we are and we can live our lives in a special way under the anointing of God yes it, life can be very humdrum we have our problems we have our aches and pains I'm on this new medication and I'm not quite getting used to it yet sometimes makes me need to run <laughs> and uh, um, uh, but, but we, our lives are anointed to serve him and to bring glory to him I remember the first time I noticed that and I think this is something perhaps that God has especially done in me but I think I was I was I was 13 when I gave my life to Christ and uh, I lived on the outskirts of Coventry the church I went to was in the middle of the city it's a church with about 300 in it and uh, I lived in this rather rough council estate we were sort of a lower working class family and uh, I used to go down and catch the bus on a Sunday night to go into church and then I I think I must have been it was a year Yes, I was, I was probably 14. I'd been a Christian for about a year. And uh, I really loved the Lord. Oh, I did love the Lord. And uh, I, I went to the, walked to the bus stop to get the bus into the city, into Coventry. And there were two buses that used to come that way, a number 18 and a number 18A. And uh, then they, they went there, and then they went different ways then and came back together in the city. And... Uh, Sunday after Sunday late afternoon early evening waited there there I saw the 18 coming down the hill oh great I looked at my watch oh, if I'm not careful I'll be late for church and uh, somehow that voice inside said don't get on the 18 what? just a feeling somehow a hunch a nudge 
my friend always calls it the divine nudge <laughs> I like that just a nudge and so I stepped back and I let it go and of course you know what happened then don't you the voice inside said idiot <laughs> idiot you're going to be late for church now you know but within normally it would have been 20 minutes before the 18A came about they were usually 20 minutes apart on a Sunday two or three minutes later here comes the 18A I got on went upstairs as I usually did sat upstairs sat by the window there halfway down the next stop the young lass gets on about what age 14, 15 she gets on and came and sat right next to me that was scary but for 14, 15 year old lad I was frightened to death of girls <laughs> still am a bit <laughs> and um, you know she sat there and I and I looked in the window at her you know reflection because I wouldn't look at her and I noticed she was crying and I watched for a while and in the end I said you all right." plucked up courage and spoke to her and uh, we got talking she'd had a big row with her dad and she she said I'm going I'm going to where? I said where are you going she said I'm going to the Locarno I'm going dancing to the Locarno ballroom she, I said oh she says where are you going I said I'm going to church why don't you come with me and she came and gave her life to the Lord Jesus she became the best Sunday school teacher I've ever known absolutely fantastic yeah. we can live under the anointing friends that was a bit extreme ok, a bit dramatic but God's wanted to give you that little nudge now and again in your life I'm sure, I'm sure we've all felt it and thought I need to say this or I need to do that or I need to go there and see that person and talk to them Yeah, live under the anointing we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the glory may be of God and not of us yeah and then finally the the pots at the wedding in Cana of Galilee what were they full of? wine yeah and it was good stuff the pots of wine in Cana what does wine speak of? joy blessing if you like uh and Nehemiah 8.10 says the joy of the Lord is your strength the joy of the Lord is your strength you know cheer up <laughs> ok so you're having a tough time but the joy of the Lord I've had to say this to myself so many times in my life come on John the joy of the Lord is your strength <laughs> and it works and again in John 1, John 15 verse 10 These things I've spoken to you after a life of joy and victory and answered prayers No, no He did all that but He did it so that he might be glorified In order that he has made us partakers of his divine nature And given us this treasure in our earthen vessels That fire That anointing that joy yes we are earthen vessels we are but there's a needy world out there and you and I have got something that can bless them and help them 
and bring glory to God. Let's just pray. Gracious Father, I thank you for the privilege of standing here and speaking these words to my brothers and sisters. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus that you will help us. Help us, Lord, help me, help them, Lord, that we might be, Lord, very conscious of the treasure that you've put in us. Very conscious of what you can do with it, with a bit of help from us. Oh Lord, I pray you help us, that the world, our neighbours, our families, our friends, even our enemies, Lord, might see, might see who you are and what you want to do in their lives. So Father, I commit to you the words spoken today. Help us and bless us, even in our weakness, the other vessels that we are, that you will be glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And God bless you. God bless you. Now yeah, I finished before twelve o'clock. <laughs> Thanks very much for that, John. It's good to remind ourselves that uh, we feel we're nothing, but uh, God blesses us in such wonderful ways. Oh, yeah. He calls us salt of the earth and light of the world, and a special people. <laughs> and uh, we feel anything but that at times. Well, you know, it's good, isn't it, to uh, respond and to to tell him exactly who he is and what he is, that he's the most marvellous person we could uh, ever meet. And um, I'd like us to do that as we finish. My Jesus, my Saviour, Lord, there is none like you.